on my gravestone it will say he watched more <laughs> kickboxer than the people that made kickboxer i don't want my cheese puffs to get moldy and, and old and stay <laughs> oh i've moved on to my, my little gummy snacks now uh, i'm glad my concept has grasped so <laughs> the hair is long and curly in this movie along with some good special effects i might add Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that cosplays as African-American and gay versions of Spongebob Squarepants characters just to piss off the purists. I'm Eric Marner. I'm Eugene Weaver. I'm Jess Hicks. And we have a slammed show tonight, so we're not going to waste any time. Let's get right into it. We're kicking off uh, our last episode of the year, episode 82. We got the roulette. We're going to do the end of year uh a year in review of the roulette and then we have a bunch of other stuff that we'll wait to get to uh to tell you what we're going to do until we get there because that'll be more fun you Mm -hmm. have to tease and stick around um okay uh the roulette is when we force each other to watch movies on our queue because we just haven't got around to push and play on those and we want to talk you guys into yeah the other members into you watch this crap, please. Maybe maybe <laughs> you, you look for those gems so I don't have to. And in return, I'll watch your crap. Um, so last episode, it was Rob the Mob up against Rays and Passion. Eugene, you have the pole position this episode, so you are first to go for the first part of the roulette. Give us your review of Rays. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, you know, I was, I was kind of looking forward to this one because it stars Zoe Bell and I do like Zoe Bell. She was in, uh, Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof as the Aussie, uh, chick hanging from the car. And, um, she also does a lot of stunts. I believe she was Uma Thurman's uh, stunt double in Kill Bill. Yeah. Um, so I do like her and I, and she was actually in Hateful Eight, which we're going to be talking about later on this episode. So I was looking forward to watching the movie and, um, so the movie itself, uh, brief description, it's basically women are, are, uh, forced to fight each other to the death, bare hand, uh, brawlers. Uh, and it's kind of a game show type deal. Fairly standard pro- plot. There is a reason to watch this movie and it is the complete bone crunching violence in it. It is quite a violent, well, sh- well shot violent, like well choreographed fight movie. Um, but with so many of these movies, um, you're involved with it and you're enjoying it. And this movie is, this movie is like rough stuff. It's brutal and it's not pleasant fighting. It's not like, yeah, kick ass. It's not like that. It's, ah, this is like the punches sound real. The kicks look like everything looks real. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, like the uh, first third of Hateful Eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so... So is it? Does it play kind of like a? Is it set in like a Mad Maxian kind of reality? It sounds like when when you say when it's like a reality. Yeah, good question. Thing, well, so it it's, like actually, it's all pretty much it's all taking place inside this building. Okay, so is it like this, this is low budget? Like, yeah, this like is weird future yeah. time. Yeah, this is low budget fare here. Um, gotcha. I, yeah, it. I took it as it was set present. Like uh, again, it's cameras set up and it's. You can tell there's a little bit of hostile thrown in there as far as, uh-huh. I don't want to give too much away in case, uh, so yeah, I can't give too much away in case people are wanting to watch it. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I've been wanting to check this one out, so. Yeah. The end is what bothered me the most. Um, cause, you know, if you're into the really strong, violent fighting type 
stuff like that, that's not like glorif like glamorized and like you know oh Jason Bourne is kicking ass again. This is more uh, you know down oh, and dirty. Please quit beating the shit out of this poor woman's face. Oh. Um, the, the end completely drops the ball in my opinion. Completely drops the ball, and so many of these movies do that. It's like they have a good idea. And I wasn't even opposed to the pacing of the movie. It was fine. The runtime was good. But then I'm like, the ending just didn't work for me. And I can't really spoil it uh, because you guys should probably give it a chance. Uh, especially, I mean, if you like her, she is good in this. And if you like fighting scenes, and I think both of you do, I, I would check it out. I just, I was very disappointed with the ending. They went in a direction that I was not wanting them to go. Mm. And I, I understand, I, again, I have to be careful what I say. I understand why they did it as far as, you know, it'll be a more emotional punch. Nah, nah. I, yeah. Not after what I just got done seeing. Like, really? Yeah, no. So, anyway. <laughs> but it's still, if you're in the mood for a really strong, R-rated, violent, low-budget action movie, it it's, it's enjoyable. Uh, but the ending, it gets a very, very meager pass because I disliked the ending. Okay. Right. Right. Sounds like a passing, like, worth a watch at least. Yes, it is definitely worth a watch. In fact, I, who knows? I might even watch it again sometime, and knowing how it ends now, I might be like, all right, it's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I just, I hate when movies do that, when it's like, ah, oh, you got a good thing going here, and now you got to uh, right. go that route, and it just doesn't, doesn't work. <laughs> right. Anyway. I got you. Okay, I'll probably keep it in the queue for a lazy, rainy Sunday afternoon or something like that. Um yeah. Let's move on to Jess. Passion. I'm dying to hear about this movie because it's been in my queue forever. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to spend <laughs> oh. a whole lot of time on Passion. Just I'm that, sorry. That yeah, yeah said it all. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brian De Palma is, I mean, Brian De Palma is Brian De Palma. When you see a movie that he's coming out with, you're like, okay, I kind of want to give it a chance because so many of my favorite movies are directed by him. This is not one of them. <laughs> um, so basically this is Rachel McAdams and Numi Repace star in this uh, sort of sorted love triangle inner office politic bullshit movie plot so basically Rachel McAdams is this power hungry bitch who treats her boyfriend like crap treats her assistant who is Numi Repace like crap um Numi Repace and her husband are having an affair behind Rachel McAdams' back, but she actually knows about it, and then she starts hitting on Numi Repace. Meanwhile, Numi Repace has some, like, stalker girl who's after, and she's not a lesbian at all, supposedly, but it, the movie makes you think she is for a really long time, with for no apparent reason. Hmm. And that's just, like, the first half an hour. And the rest of it drags on and on and on because nothing is really happening for most of it. It's just like this back and forth barbs between Rachel McAdams and Numi Repace about their affairs and and things like that. So and Brian De Palma does a Lifetime original borderline Skinamax? Is that what yeah. I'm... Yeah, basically, and it, it then it kind of turns into a murder mystery, like, let's frame Numi Repace based on this really flimsy uh, twin sister story I told you, like, in the first half an hour of the movie, and it just, it goes back and forth with so many different plots that it, it I didn't care, and mm -hmm. it didn't help at all that the three main characters 
are awful people the whole time. I even it, none of them are good. They're all out for themselves. They're all just awful, yuppie business people that you would hate in real life. So watching them have to figure out these different murder motives and stuff is <laughs> excruciating. Uh, so that's so disheartening. I was really hoping I, for a gem there, but I was too. But going back and looking through his his uh, IMDb, Brian De Palma hasn't made a good movie since like Carlito's Way <laughs> in ninety wow, three. That was a long time ago. Wait a minute, what yeah. was Mission Impossible? Well, I don't care for the Mission Impossible uh, movies, but well, maybe not. But the first one's really good. Yeah. Oh, okay, fine. That then that one. But <laughs> no. either way, that then ninety. <laughs> 96. <laughs> I know it's been a long time. <laughs> I, I will concede that point, yes. And it doesn't help that the dialogue in this is really clunky. Like, it's just really, like, the one line is, don't take that tone with me, shut up and go back to work. Like, that seems weird, it just clunky and bad, and, and like, Ugh. your first screenplay dialogue lesson. Well, I like, hey, I mean, uh, I, I don't think I don't think he wrote it, but yeah, still. Did, did you see that uh, Colin Farrell, Nomi Rapace movie from a couple years ago? Um, Eugene, I got you to watch it and you really liked it as well. I think you bought the Blu-ray. Um, Do you remember that? Uh, one? Yes. Oh, yeah, that was a good movie. What was that called? Dead Man Down. That, yes, that was a good movie. Uh, if you guys I, are I have swapping, not seen that. If you're swapping any movies this week, Eugene, throw that on her stack. Uh, yeah, because that was a good. Movie. I'd like to see what you think of that. Because okay, I, cool. I thought her performance in that movie was yeah. Amazing. Uh, see, that's the thing is that like Rachel McAdams is a fine actress for what she does generally, and Numi Rupace is a pretty good actress, but just in these in this movie, it's, they're just awful, just just bad acting, yeah. and I don't know. It's I don't know why. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy? I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen the original. Uh, the first two. Okay. I just wondered. The, that's the third one. where I was like, you're amazing. I'll watch anything you're in. Pretty yeah. Much. Um, so okay. I would say that this would be a thumbs down for me. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I, I will take your word on that one. Uh, because, uh, yeah, it's almost two hours long. It is just, it's not oh. worth sitting that. <laughs> well, that's like I said, Brian De Palma and, uh, freaking, why can I never remember his name? Uh, Godfather director. Francis Ford Coppola. Thank you. For some reason, I, I cannot remember his name, but those two guys have been on the direct-to-video downslope for mm -hmm. some time, and it's real unfortunate. Who knows? Maybe one day, long from now, things will be so bad, we'll look back on these as gems. <laughs> yeah. But until I mean, then... Francis Ford Coppola... <laughs> I, I think that, that uh, his Dracula is one of the better horror movies of the last... Yeah. It is. 30 years. I mean, that is a fantastic movie. Yeah, the guy has made masterpieces. Both, yeah, both, yeah, both of them have. But, well, what are you going to do? You can't do it forever, I guess. Yeah. I guess we could we could also say that for George Lucas. and uh, I mean, everybody has their duds. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. Over to me. Uh, I had Rob the Mob in this true-life drama. A criminal couple looking for easy money sticks up New York City's top mobsters at their gun-free social clubs. Uh, starring Michael Pitt and Nina Arianda who I've, I've never heard of. I assume that was the... I'm going off Netflix, so, you know, you can never... It's, I, should, I yeah. should be on IMDb. I shouldn't be assuming that she's who I think she is, the other you main lead. You can't entirely uh, assume Netflix yeah, is some, right. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes they have the 
fifth string people in there as the the number one <laughs> names. But but the the main actress girl, I was really taken with her in this movie. She has a very interesting look. Um, I've never seen her before, and I thought she did a fine job. I thought she did. Uh, she definitely held her own to Michael Pitt, but unfortunately for Michael Pitt, he's playing a guy that's a dumbass, kind of. So it's hard to judge the performance in a manner of speaking because you're irritated by his dumbassery all the time. Um, I am going to uh, switch to a sort of five-star system for this show. I've got two people on the show doing five-star systems. <laughs> and my reviews are going to st- that I write are going to stay on ten, but... I'm rating these on Netflix so I can give you that score. I gave it three stars, which is a passing thumbs up. I probably won't watch it again. Jess, last episode you called it a nickel and dime Bonnie and Clyde or something thereabouts. Yeah. That uh, that is absolutely accurate. Andy Garcia is wonderful in this film. And really? he's, he's sort of playing... Uh, you could see almost as him, uh, the timeline wouldn't match up, but you could almost see this as a continuation of his character from Godfather 3. Uh, a much maligned oh. film, and for the most part, rightfully so, but still not terrible. Like, a lot of people no, like hate that movie, and I mm-hmm. don't, but... Um, there are plenty of far worse movies yes. out there. Yes, that. I agree. Um, but uh, I, he was wonderful in this movie. I, I, I can't say that enough. And he was playing kind of the old mobster role, basically the Al Pacino in Godfather 3. That's about mm-hmm. where he was at in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. I think both of you guys would be entertained by it. I think you both give it at least three stars. I don't think it's going to blow your socks off. Mm-hmm. Um, I doubt you're going to run out to buy the Blu-ray or anything, but it's definitely worth a watch, and it was a true story. Uh, it has some funny moments. I don't I don't really know much else to say about it. This is kind of run-of-the-mill as far it as it goes. It sounds like it's just a fun, like, uh, not bad, not great, just okay kind of movie to just churn on. There were a couple of real surprising turns in this movie um, that I didn't see coming, and maybe there are things that nobody else would give a shit about. Uh, just sort of like, they, you know, they, in the beginning they go to prison, then they get out, this couple, and they're working these temp jobs where this guy hires uh, ex-cons, and they're like, well, why do you hire ex-cons? And, and at this point you're thinking, okay, it's something shady, or it's going to, here comes some stupid story, or uh, he's a huckster or something, and he goes, oh, I was an ex-con, and I believe everybody deserves a second chance, and he goes in this whole story, and it's sort of like, wow, I'm really invested in this side mm-hmm. character now, like, that's really mm-hmm. cool. And that part of it was really interesting, and he was involved in the story. And the way they come to find these social clubs that they go to rob was because of following the uh, trial of that last mob boss in New York back in the... It was like the 90s. Um, do you remember Eugene by any chance? Um, what was his uh, name? Was John Gotti? I don't know. John, John Gotti. Gotti. Yeah, oh, okay. it was John Gotti. They, they would go to the John Gotti trial, and the snitches would come in and snitch about these places, and they'd be like, oh, these are gun-free social clubs? They'd go there and just rob them. Because they don't have any guns. And so they take all the mobsters' money. So it's very interesting. It's kind of a mob, anti-mob movie. The only problem is that you know how this is going to end. Right. There is only one way it's going to end, and it's yeah, that's the way it ends. And unfortunately, at, at one point, there are people going, uh, hello, there's only one way this is going to end, you know, right, dumbass? And they're like, nah, nah, we'll be fine forehead slap. <laughs> right. Like, uh-huh. No, it'll be fine. And we'll then be back later. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, we'll leave for Florida. I think at one point they're like, no, no, we got plans. We're leaving for Florida in like three days. And it's like, you just, you, you just want to scream at them. But it's mostly because of the guy. He's so dumb. Ugh. But then you're very, com- uh, I was very sympathetic or empathetic to the girl because she was like twice as smart as him, but she was just hope- hopelessly in love with this freaking dumbass. Uh, anyway, or the watch. Let's move on. Uh, Eugene, sell us your movies for the next round. Okay, so on this round of roulette, I have redirected. Let me pull that up here. And uh, that's from 2014, starring Vinnie Jones. uh, (laughs) Facing off against a pig's head, at least in the picture. Uh, It's an action comedy crime thriller. Three friends try to make money and invite another friend in on a plot. Uh, directed by a person I've never heard of before that I can't pronounce their name. Emilis? Emilis? Anyway. Anyway. Saratoga. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> yes, like a real exactly. winner so far. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the roulette. Um, uh, let's see. Country. You, it was, it's, was produced in the UK and Lithuania, you see. Um, I could sell this movie better than you. Just read the Netflix I know. <laughs> plot. Uh, the, net, the Netflix plot sounds good. I'm on IMDb. Uh, so Netflix says uh, Netflix says that this movie is about three crooks try trick a friend into joining them on a heist, but their plans to hightail it to Malaysia hit a snag when they get stranded in Lithuania. See now that sounds funny. Yeah, Vinnie Jones and Miss Piggy. I'm in. Yeah, I do. I must <laughs> say, I do like even though Vinnie Jones has kind of gone the way of. Uh, other than Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight, Michael Madsen, and it, it I think yeah. he's he's fun to watch. It's just he just it gets saddled with so many bad roles. But who knows? This one might be different because he he was in the uh, that turd that I watched last week with Edward yeah. Furlong. Awaken. <laughs> um, yes, I almost uh, hit my head on the desk, ducking the lightning <laughs> that was bound to come yes. every time you mention him. <laughs> um. Okay. So my next movie is. Uh, Lucky. From 2011, a boy full of grief, a fearful old woman, their unexpected bond leads them on an odyssey of spirit and compassion. And uh, I don't know a whole lot about uh, the movie other than it sounds kind of good. Mimi Rogers is in it. So, I mean, it's... It was that. Um, anyway. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I'm, I was trying to do something that wasn't... Uh, you know what? Wait a minute here. Ah, wait. Uh, my bad. Actually, uh, the, I just read you the synopsis for another movie with the same title, Lucky. Okay? So now this causes a this dilemma. This is a, a forest situation, isn't it? Um, Remember that geez, dark yeah. forest? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's two movies on IMDb. Well, you one need to called... go. You need to go. Hold on. Let me look on Netflix. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm on I Netflix. know which I'm... one he's talking about. Are you talking about? He's talking uh... about the one with the knife because that makes. Yes, much I'm talking more about sense. the one with the knife. Yes, <laughs> when an aspiring serial killer strikes oh, okay. it rich in the state lottery, he uses the cash to marry his dream girl and advance his career as a murderer. Okay, so that's the lucky that I chose. Okay. And, it has Colin and the one I read off to you, the, I'm the actually more, I'm more interested in the one you actually meant. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably horrible, but as bad as that looks, no, I'm, I'm still more interested in it. <laughs> well, in the in the uh, which one? The, the one you in actually the one you mean. Meant. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay. So there's that one, and then the last one, uh, which I was actually surprised that that Jess, you have not seen this one. 
but it sounds so cool, and I know that it's a cult classic, and that's 1975's Switchblade Sisters. The addition of a cool blonde newcomer yeah. to the Dagger Devs, a female gang, sets off an internal power struggle in this lurid cult classic. <laughs> uh, that one has been sitting in my queue for quite some time. That just looks, that's all me there. That, looks good. <laughs> that, that genuinely, I truly want to see that movie. Um, so, anyway, those are my movies. Okay, Jess. All right, so uh, my movies were, so I picked um, one called Cheatin', came out in 2013, 76 minutes long, it's an animation. Um, the uh, Netflix, whoops, one second here. The Netflix synopsis is, they were, uh, from the moment they meet in an adorable bumper car mishap, Jack and Ella are madly in love, but their romance is shattered by a jealous plot. And so it sounds, it, I mean, it, the plot sounds pretty basic, but the reason I picked this is because the animation looks absolutely, it looks creepy Bonkers. and awesome at the same time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I really want to watch this, but I thought I'd throw it out there for you guys too. Um, so the next one I picked was LFO, the movie. And no, it's not, it's not about the boy band from the 90s. Don't worry. I was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> It is a LFO is a dark comedy drama sci-fi about a man who realizes that he can hypnotize with sound. He starts experimenting on his neighbors where the abuse of power takes over and eventually severe consequences for mankind are at stake. Um, I picked this one because a long time ago when I first started writing online, um, this was actually one of a, it was a screener link that I got. But it got bogged down in my email, and then by the time I got to it, it was expired, so I never got a chance to watch it. And then it popped up on Netflix, and I was like, oh, I just remembered that movie existed. And Ooh. it sounded really interesting, so I thought I'd throw it out. And my third one was Slow Learners, which is a uh, looks like just like an indie comedy starring uh, Adam Pally and Sarah Burns. Jeff and Anne, two close friends and co-workers, are embarrassingly, embarrassingly unlucky at love. They hatch a plan to transform themselves over the course of a sex and alcohol-fueled summer. Hmm. And that's what I got. All right. Uh, over to me. First up, <clears throat> since I threw such gold on the roulette last week that everybody was afraid to pick it, I figured we're going to clean off <laughs> my cue this week. But it's still, I didn't throw too bad at you. Uh, first up, from 2014, Kill Me Three Times. An assassin hunts down his mark in a small coastal town. Whatever, it's Simon Pegg and it's action and it's comedy. I... And he's not <laughs> he's not without a bust here and there, but it's still Simon Pegg movie, right? Um, next up, the documentary for this week would be The Farm, Life Inside, Angola Prison. I'm already in with that title. Yeah. I just haven't got around to it. It is from 1998, so it is a little older. This documentary offers heart-rending interviews and a rare glimpse of life at the Louisiana State Penitentiary from the inmate's perspective. And I have to throw an Asian film on there because... That's just, uh, there's just too many. I can't keep up with them all, and I need somebody to help me sift through all the madness. Uh, White-Haired Witch from 2014. Framed for a murder she didn't commit, a beautiful sorceress finds herself embroiled in treachery and intrigue and falling in love. Um, <laughs> this, as far as Asian cinema, this would fall under the, what I in my brain register as the subgenre of 
<laughs> fantasy, CGI, wire work, real crazy, magical, mystical nonsense. But maybe it's something. I've heard a couple of good reviews online from people I trust, so maybe it actually is something. And it probably maybe cut, I don't know, 104 minutes. At, at, that's <laughs> short for that kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, actually, on IMDb, it's known as the White-Haired Witch of Lunar Kingdom. Yes, so, good. I'm, huzzah. That really helped sell it. Yep. <laughs> Eugene's like, good luck with your yeah. Lunar Kingdom, dork. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun on Lunar King, Mount. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the actual the original title of this, by the way, is Ba Fa Mao Nu Zuan Zi Ming Yao Tian Saratoga. You Saratoga. pronounced it perfectly. <laughs> yes, I did. I didn't no that. Nobody will be offended at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even less offended than the open, but we haven't yet got to hateful eight, so we'll get yep. there. We'll offend everybody this episode. Yes. Uh, Eugene, you have the lead, sir. You get to pick first. Uh, boy, you know, I uh, at first I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy for me. I'm going to go with uh, cheating because that animation looks great, and I'm like, ah, but the LFO sounds kind of cool too. And then you threw. Uh, that farm back up there, which that's been on my queue too for a while. I'm like, that's just, that sounds, that sounds intriguing, honestly. Uh, the, the dates, like the, made in the 80s? 98. Or 98. 98. I'm like, eh. But, uh, you know, I think I am going to go with the farm because it's been in my queue. And uh, I am very curious about that. Uh, anymore, it seems like most of the documentaries I watch are like brand new documentaries. So I'm I'm interested in a one that's uh, made a little while ago. So cool. that's my choice. Interesting. I didn't see that happening because uh, I got a couple that I was like, okay, I, I'll be okay as long as Eugene doesn't take that and Jess doesn't take that. I'll be good. <laughs> one of my picks is still on the board. Jess, you're next in line. I'm taking a Switchblade Sisters. Son of a bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's been sitting in my queue forever, and it's about time. I haven't watched a good uh, exploitation uh, flick me in, a too. While, in a while, so I, I, I want to I wanna check that one out. It's only an hour and a half, too, so that, that's appealing. Me too, and as soon as he threw it up there, I was like, oh, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> then I saw he was in, he got to go for, or you were going to be in front of me, and I was like, I'm screwed. Um, but I'm, I will be mine. taking, <laughs> I will be taking LFO the movie, um, which I originally thought was about the band, I got to admit. That was in my queue for a minute, and I, and, and then I was like, what, what am I doing? No. And then I went and looked at the Netflix thing, and then, oh, this is a sci-fi movie. Okay. I specifically uh. didn't say that anything because I kind of thought that one of you or both of you would be like, "Is she picking something?" Because of, you know, like she liked boy bands back then, so that might be a movie she'd pick. I won't lie. When I saw the text come across with that title, I was like, "Kids these days." <laughs> but no, it's a sci-fi drama. Ha. And there, here I am. I'm about to Pick dive it. on that. Yeah, dive on that selection for the... No love for Vinnie Jones this episode. That's sad. No. Well, no. Jess already picked from your list, so I didn't want to double up. Okay. Right. <laughs> Vinnie That's will live why. to fight another day, yeah. Yeah. Because, trust me, uh, Vinnie facing a pig's head, that's going to be thrown back on the roulette one of these days. It is. It, it, this is how he's going to get me to to watch that damn missionary movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and White Rabbit. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The, no. Moving on. Okay. Um, 
Yes, we wanted to do a, since this is the last episode of the year for 2015, we wanted to do a little bit of the year in review for the roulette. Uh, unfortunately, Jess has only recently joined us, so she doesn't have much of a selection to pick from, but we wanted to do our best and worst of the roulette that we watched this year, and I told you guys just, Eugene, three to five of your best worst. I actually came up with five best and five worst. Uh, I, these five, I figured, were worth bringing back up. I don't want to spend a ton of time in this section of the show because we have talked these movies to death and back. Mm -hmm. So this is what we're going to do. I'll run down my worst list. Then you run down your worst list. I'll do my best. You do your best. Jess wants to chime in and then we'll move on. Okay. How's that sound? Everybody yep. good with that? I like that. Sounds good to me. Okay. Uh, from five to one of worst the worst. Okay. This is, we're doing the worst lists first. Um, so five to one, this is least worst to most worst. Number five, I have Kickboxer 3. Yes, you made the list. <laughs> you sucked. Uh, number four, Avengers Grimm. Now that I... <laughs> I, 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 I remember that Asylum. One. I said that yeah. was Asylum. Moving, Moving on. on. <laughs> number three is Maul. Uh, Jess, add that one to your queue. Maul, okay. That will on. lower your bar. Very far, but not quite as far as The Chosen oh, okay. at number two. Yes, that <laughs> from last week. I, oof. But there was one that actually I had to put just above that, and that's because it was so atrocious, I had to take a mulligan. I could not finish this film. I fast-forwarded through a bunch of it. Eugene sat through every minute of this thing. Uh, apartment 1303. Good lord. With oh, I Rebecca forgot about that. Rebecca Mornay. That is, the, I would watch The Chosen again before that movie. I'm not going to lie. I would. I, and I watched The Chosen all the way through uh, the first time. Apartment 1303, the first half hour, is like, it was like, no, no, God, no. I'll quit the podcast. I don't give a shit. Whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll close this thing down. I, I can't, I, I cannot waste another minute of my life on that. Uh, so, yes, see how far you can get through Apartment 1303. Um, Thir if apartment? You, it, 1303? Yeah, it's with Rebecca De Mornay. It does not appear to be on Netflix anymore. You are so You dodged lucky. a bullet. Yes. Something called Apartment 143 that looks equally as awful as on no, Netflix, this is, but... <laughs> this is Apartment 1303. Yep. I think that was probably sitting in my queue forever until it probably expired out of Netflix, and I just... You're I welcome. Missed, yeah. missed it. You're welcome. <laughs> it was us who deleted it. Thank you. <laughs> they looked at 2015, they said, Apartment 1303, one and a half clicks. <laughs> I don't yep. think we'll renew. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Eugene, your worst. My worst of. Oh, boy. Okay, so... <clears throat> you did five? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, starting out with The Beast of Exmoor. Uh, that was just, that was nothing. Just random people walking around the moors. Uh, it's nothing. Uh, moving on. Um, it's nothing. It, it, seriously, it's. I, I mean, and what's what's bad is that movie was so terrible. But there's worse, of course. Um, next up for me is Toby Hooper's Gin. Dijin, 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 um, and you know what? There is some some technical merits to that movie that it, it's not like it's shot relatively competent, but the fact that it, it made it on the worst of just because it's from him, and he has made one of the best movies of all time, in my opinion. And then to go from there to shit like that, no, 
That is awful. Awful movie. And now this is Jin with the D, then I, I do. Yes, it. yes. There's, okay. a, there's actually two of them, and I've watched them both. Yeah, we. <laughs> Netflix thinks I would give them each one star, so. Yes. Funny story, actually. Uh, we both got excited because uh, that movie, De Jin, got added to <laughs> Netflix, and we were both like, oh, that's Toby Hooper's recent one. So we both excitedly went and watched it randomly. And then uh... at the very end of the movie, the first credit is directed by. Indian guy, something yeah. or other, not Toby <laughs> Hooper by any stretch. And we were both like, uh, well, wow, did we get a hat on this terrible movie? And then months later, and then Toby Hooper's Dijin. <laughs> yes. Every bit is bad. So, yay. Okay, so number that three. was number uh, four. Um, uh, going down the list, Never Lake is next up. <laughs> oh, you were uh, so excited about that one. Oh, that movie can burn in hell. Um, it's... <laughs> Everything I hate about new release movies on Netflix, uh, angsty teen, uh, bad acting, cheap piece of garbage, uh, ghosts, and they're trying to take on like a, a M. Night Shyamalan type uh. thing, and I I loathed that movie. Uh, so, you may want to add that onto your list, Jess. Um, <laughs> for the uh, worst of the worst. For the worst, uh, yeah, it really was um, awful. Okay, so um, next up is some kind of hate. Ooh, that... wow! That's yeah, a, no, that, that I, was one of my. <laughs> yeah, I did not like that movie at all, uh, and, and, and I think uh, here's the reason that this made it that this far down the list is there's a good idea there, uh, but they bungled it so much with uh, the director. The director bungled that entire movie. Uh, huh. it, it it was just wrong on. So many levels. And the worst of for me is Maul. <laughs> or wait, does does Maul count, Eric? Because, I mean, yeah. we both watched that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was one where uh, we both picked it, and so we both took it because yeah, I had to instill right. a new rule that because we kept throwing yes. such horrible shit on there. Yes. It was like, if we both, if we line up on the same hit, we both have to watch it. And that was, yes. uh, yeah, that rule was deleted after Maul. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was that bad. Now, and, and I will say this, honorable mention, it did not make it to... The worst five, but another movie that should have been way better than it was was Barbarian Sound Studio. I yes. th that movie should have been good, and uh, they just, there's no reason it shouldn't have been good. And it's I know there isn't, and it just was ugh a chore to get through. But it wasn't the worst of the worst. I didn't anyway. throw that one off my cue because I've read a couple of good reviews on that one, so we'll see. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's move on to the the five best. Uh, and these, I mean, looking over the list for the year, I mean, we we're looking at like 50 plus movies. It's it's interesting to go back and look at that list. It is. It's, it's like, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember uh, that five. There was some gems in there. And, and these five, I wouldn't, I would give uh, maybe three or f three of these gem status. I don't know if I'd give all five, but yeah. these are all excellent films and should be on your checklist at least. All right. Uh, number five. Mary and Max. This was an animated uh, uh, stop I've motion claymation. Jess, I, I'm. Mm. I, we have to talk about it then, because <laughs> I, I want Eugene to watch it, and I feel like I, I said in that review that every cinephile should watch this movie at least once. I um, agree. It was brutal to get through, 
And I think I cried a couple times, but wow. by the by the end, like for the next six months, every movie that I watched, I was pretty sure at least one person in that movie had Asperger's. I just, I, <laughs> yeah. I became so affiliated with it because of that movie that I was like, I think that guy's suffering from it too. Man, that's sad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a hard movie to get through. And I mean, the, the stop motion is just incredible. Wow. I love stop motion. And it when it first came on Netflix, I was like, oh, this I don't know what this is. I've never heard of it. I just yeah. was like, ooh, anime, I'm going to watch that. And I put it on, and it's it's hard to get through. It is, but it's entirely worth it. And it's definitely some a movie that if you're at all interested in film or filmmaking or just the idea of storytelling, you should watch because what it conveys just through these made up characters is ten times more emotion than you can get out of most people. It was devastating. There was about four or five times during that movie where I was like, I want to stop this so bad, but I have to see where it's it's going to go. I haven't had a more depressing animation sequence than like Grave Grave of the the Fireflies. Fireflies. That's the one everybody goes to. Yep. (laughs) Or Watership Down. It was. I I would easily say that was my most emotional anime experience since... Grave of the Fireflies. And that one is... Eugene, that's another one you should check out, because that's a World War II uh, Japanese animated film. You know, Jacob at the Nightlight, he... He talks about that movie numerous times when I work with him. He keeps bringing that movie up as well. So... I cried so so hard that movie. He said it is such a difficult movie, but he said it is fantastic. Yep. Uh, Okay. Moving on. I'm glad somebody else has seen Mary and Max. I'm, I'm just, oh, tickled by that. Uh, number four, The Divine Move. I believe this was a South Korean film. Uh, do you remember about the chess checkers board, whatever, yeah. the uh, Go game? They play Go. Yeah. Um, martial arts revenge film, kind of like uh, Old Boy in a lot of ways, but without Ooh. the ickiness. <laughs> uh, no, but but it's still worth a trip. It, it's definitely worth watching for uh, any fan of South Korean cinema. It is. It was very very enjoyable. And I'm not gonna spend any more time on that. Number three, Banshee <laughs> Chapter. For all of the uh, freaking found footage movies that I've sat through on the roulette, this is one where I say this was a good movie, and it's not without faults. But you definitely should check it out, especially really? if, especially if you're a fan of uh, what was it from Beyond? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. If you're Stuart a fan, of, if from you're a fan yeah. of that movie, then you need to see Banshee Chapter because it follows the exact similar concepts. It's almost like a giant homage to that movie. Yeah, pineal and, gland and the yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, other dimension. Wait, did you watch it finally? No, I read. I know. I have not seen it yet, but I I know what it's about. I keep yeah. antagonizing him to watch I know, this damn I know. movie, and he, he won't. Well, I've I've added it to my queue, and I added the last one you were talking about to my queue as well. I oh, I can't wait! To, uh, finally, somebody else will watch these movies. Uh, <laughs> number two, and this one was a serious contender for the top spot, but Ooh. I just had to give it to a different film, and I'm sure that this will be in Eugene's top five. I'll be shocked if it isn't. And Jess, if you have not seen this movie. It needs to be the next movie that you see, and that would be okay. Gunwoman. Oh, yes, I own Gunwoman. Okay, <laughs> oh, that movie kicks ass. There is a crazy uh, export version of that film. Did you have you seen that super special edition where she's all naked, covered in blood on the cover? I don't. The one I have is the Scream Factory one, oh. um, so I don't think it's that one. Okay, <laughs> but no. that movie 
is kick ass yes, in every is. way possible. I love that. Moseyed across the roulette, and I picked it like this is not going to be the thing. Like, this is going to be shit. Yeah. Within the by the time we got the title, my review was just listing all the things that happened before the title sequence. And it was like that in the first nine minutes. I know. There's a guy pissed on. There's a guy. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Sanity. The entire like from the moment it starts to the moment it ends, yeah. and it's just I I loved it. I got it from Screen Factory, and I was like, what is it like? Well, oh, and I had to so I had to tell good. him too. I was like, dude, this is not your typical kind of Netflix thing. Like, you got to hang with it for at least a half an hour because within that first thirty minutes, if it hadn't have been a roulette, I would have turned it off because. Mm-hmm. Despite all the crazy, awesome, interesting shit that happened before the title card, um, then they went into this weird thing where one guy is talking to another, and it was like, oh, this is going nowhere. But then the second half of the film turns into a total exploitation movie, and yes, it, it does. kicked ass. But you, oh, it was great. I, if I hadn't hung in there, I would have missed it. And I know him, because he's the same as me, we would have turned that shit off because of all the Netflix bombs we dive on. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's, that's, that actually is not on my top five, because that was not a roulette movie for me. So, oh, that's true. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's well, true. Otherwise, oh yeah, that would be probably no. Yeah. Oh yeah, he came back with that. Re- he reviewed it like a week later because I just told him you got to see this shit. Yeah. Just don't turn it off. <laughs> we have yeah. a trifecta approval rating. That's right. Yes. That's our second. I got to start making notes of this of, of things that are movie freaks approved. Day of the Dead yes. is the best day uh, dead movie, and yes, Gunwoman rules. Um, okay, Gunwoman. Yes, number one, and the, maybe I'm cheating a little bit on this one because this was not a blind. Uh, Netflix blind. It was a Blu-ray round, but I couldn't mm. help it. This is an absolute brilliant film, and that was Predestination with Ethan Hawke. Oh yes, I've been meaning to see that. Oh man, well yet. we can't talk about it at all then. The, nope. Uh, let me tell you, Jess. It was actually we did a, a double header since it was Blu-ray, and we knew we'd like him. He gave me the signal and mm-hmm. Predestination. Ooh, I love the signal. Well, this is I expected to love the signal. And I expect it to be eh on predestination. Well, let's let's clarify here. The signal. Uh, this is not the one with that. The signal that actually turns everybody into raving crazy. He, this uh, is the Lawrence Fishburne oh. signal. The one, yeah, that, the, oh. the recent one. I, oh, I haven't seen that one yet, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, then never mind. But I love the AJ Bowens. I do yes. too. That's a great. That's <laughs> that's a great. That movie's movie. nuts. Yeah. But minor derail. No, it's fine. But but uh, both. <laughs> That Lawrence Fishburne, The Signal, and The Predestination, I was, you know, I'm the sci-fi dork, so I was like, hell yeah, I'm into both of those, but I think The Signal looks way badass. And Predestination, I imagine I'll give that, like, a thumbs up. I came out the complete opposite end. The Signal, I was like, boy, that was a disappointment. I enjoyed it, I still give it a pass, but it, mm-hmm. Predestination blew me away. Because I was like, there's no way they're going to do what I think they're doing. And yeah, they are. And then I was like, there is no way they're taking another further leap and doing this thing that I think they're, oh yeah, they are. Yep. Oh yeah, they go all the way. And you start, I I can't even talk about it. I'm just not going to say any more and just let you experience it on your own. But you can just go ahead and, well, I don't know enough of your sci-fi taste to say go buy the Blu-ray because you could come out the other side and be like, I hate it. I added it to my Netflix DVD queue. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, I still do DVD, so anything that's like you mentioned that I, I'm, I don't, because I, I don't just run out and buy, so. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, I can't, if I do, I like to, but. It is fantastic. And as far as Lawrence Fishburne, The Signal, I did actually buy that Blu-ray. I found it for two bucks, so. I uh, like that movie. Yeah, I thought that was a good movie. It was good. I just, I had some complaints as far as the pacing, especially in the third act. It was sort of sort of like, I, I knew where we were, where we were headed, why did you have to 
take so long to get there, and then everything right. is awesome in the last 10 minutes, and it's over. It's like, you could have spread that out a little bit. Uh, anyway, derail. Yeah. Eugene, your best five. Uh, okay, starting at number five is <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, shit, uh, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and a bunch of other people on an island, and it is hysterical. Uh, it's so quirky and odd and weird and funny, and uh, that was a gem right there. I, I Honorable mention, that's number six for me. <laughs> yeah, that was truly a funny movie. Uh, number four is Honeymoon. Ah, yes. Uh, I enjoyed you, Honeymoon. Yeah, uh, I love those. I, th- that is a prime example of... Getting having a low budget, very minimal sets, only a few actors, but having a kick-ass script and a a creepy ending. I yep. I, right at my and eye. I was like, well, okay, all right, that's yeah. the end. Okay, and, yeah, and it keeps getting weirder and weirder. And I'm like, okay, pod. When I when I was talking about pod last episode, like I, pod, I wanted to be a bit more like honeymoon, where it was still dealing with that kind. Of, I mean. If you haven't heard, if you haven't seen Honeymoon, I saw. I saw. I, guess I, I, I watched it during the horror thon, so yeah. we're good. Okay. Yeah. Well, spoilers for people who haven't. Honeymoon when it ends up being alien stuff. Pod is outright alien, outright alien stuff, but it just never takes off with it. Yeah. So rather than honeymoon, like building and building up to aliens, you don't know that it's building up to aliens. So it's not like as big of a downer because it's a low budget movie. They can't afford to do the creature effects and that's understandable, but at least it's not building you up to have a good creature and then nothing because yeah. you don't know what you're expecting the whole time. Oh, yeah. I, I was praying it was aliens the whole time. And when I, <laughs> when oh, I came around, was, I was like, yeah. Please be aliens. Please be aliens. <laughs> yes, that was cool. Man, I, I liked that movie. Uh, okay, so that was number four. Number three for me is Creep, another found footage movie. I saw um, that too. Haven't got around to it. It's uncomfortable from start to insanely awesome finish. And the they could have fumbled at the end, but the end made the movie. And that's why I liked it so much is uh, that it truly is just batshit crazy. And therefore... The end did make the movie. It did. Uh, it, there was a couple... Character beats in the movie. There, this is only like there's only two people in the entire movie. There's a couple character beats along the way that I'm like, what? Come on! But they have to do I that. Just, or there won't be a movie, I think. You know, I don't particularly care for Mark Duplass, and I can't tell you why. I don't know. It's just something about him just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Wow. And I'm gonna have to disagree with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I don't. I'm not a big mumblecore fan, so I, I'm not like I'm. I'm well, not really into that part of his career and then later on i'm still kind of baffled by that uh term as i'm not entirely sure what it means outside of uh the stripper brighter juno <laughs> yeah I like her just, i get that label but i i heard somebody just like today non-actor actors okay doing mostly improvised scripts okay well and it's generally hmm. set in like all like real like they're not using sets or anything they're using all their actual stuff their actual clothes they're like not they're generally their real names cuz they're not yeah. acting really hmm. and that's essentially what it is i watched one of his movies in my independent film class in, that i took in college and it was like the puffy chair or something like that <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and it's just it's a little bit too indie for me yeah. um and then just some, yeah, something about Mark Duplass. I don't know if it's just carried over from that, but I just, I'm not a big fan. So, but he he did do a good job of being a 
for the lack of a better term, creep. Yes. In the movie. Um, and yeah, the ending saved it for me. So it was, it was, a, it was a nice surprise. Yeah. I look forward to watching it because I know him from uh, the comedy stuff, like The League, which uh, I, I know uh, not everybody is going to watch because it's based in fantasy football. But Yeah, it's not my thing. Yeah, it's not a lot of people's <laughs> things, but if you would actually watch the show, you would realize that's like 10% of the show. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. It, it's it, it that show is the, hysterical. The league is more the MacGuffin. Yeah, it is. I mean, they talk about it, but it's not. It, the, the, it's just five or six friends ripping each other to shreds on a right. weekly basis, which is hysterical. <laughs> they say right. some of the foulest shit on that show I've ever heard in my life. Uh, Eugene, number two. Okay. Well, and just wrapping up, creep, uh, Eric. I really am curious your thoughts on that movie. I will because watch it. it is literally it is uncomfortable from the moment it starts until it ends. You're like, uh, in fact, I like the ending so much. I as soon as it was done, I was laughing and I rewound it and watched the ending all over again because I'm like that that was so great that made that movie. They didn't fumble the ending; they made it. So uh, you know he directed that, that as well, I believe. Oh, he did. Yeah, oh yeah, I yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's what you can do on a super low budget because uh, it's that movie could not have cost a whole lot to make, but I was totally involved and interested the entire time. Good writing. Uh, okay. Yes, that's right. Uh, okay, so number two is Housebound. Uh, Good believe, movie. Was it New Zealand or I hate to say New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. I believe it was New Zealand. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's New Zealand. It, great horror comedy. Um, a little bit more horror than comedy, but the comedy beats that are in it are really, really funny. And mm-hmm. it was just a, a really, really good movie. Big thumbs up. I, yeah, I completely agree. I haven't got around to it. <laughs> it was yeah. on. It was. There was. These are the last few that were on my horror thon. I just didn't quite reach. Um, and number one, and this was hard for me because there was a couple others that did not make it on the top five, but are right there. And I want to quick mention them after this. But number one, Blind Roulette for me was White God. Um, that is a borderline masterpiece in my opinion. Um, oh, I forgot about that one. Wow. I that gave, that got four and a half out of five stars for me. Uh, it is it is a almost a, uh, a new take on Cujo, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about a girl and her dog, and they're separated, and how they reunite, and just the insanity that ensues. I I I've love heard, that I mean, movie. the Nightlight had it before I started working there. They got they had that, um, and I, I had heard great things about it, but I just is I hear that it is it. <laughs> With as much horror and, and shit that I watch and, and people being torn apart, stuff with animals really, really bothers me. Mm. Um, so I've heard that, uh, that that White God is a little bit difficult in that area. It is. I would agree with that. It, so I still it, it ha- I haven't gotten – I'm like, oh, man, do I want – how long do – I need to prepare a day where I want to sit and cry for two hours. <laughs> it's, it's, um, I'll tell you what, I'm not sure how they got the animals, like the animal trainers got the animals to do what they did, but it is fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. it truly feels like these animals are being directed and they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. It was, right. It was phenomenal. It's, it's probably one of those pieces of like that cinema that's just like you need to see. You just yeah. need to grit it and bear it, and that's probably yeah. what I'm going well, to end up doing here soon. Trust sometime. me when I say that the the dog or dogs they get their comeuppance, or the, the, the people that in, are involved in this movie, they everything works out just just fine. Ah, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Yes, if so, I can be 
somewhat promised a, a happy ending, but yeah. that's okay. I, I will say this, though. As far as, like, enjoyment, like, I think some of the other movies were more enjoyable, but as far as technically well-made, this was, this was like, award-winning, fantastically well-made movie. And that's why it got number one spot, for especially for a blind roulette on Netflix. I'm like, yep, that gets top spot. Awesome. All righty. Anyway, so real quick here, my uh, my honorable mentions. Uh, I had Damnation, which is one of the best documentaries I have seen in years. And in fact, was that, that actually wasn't on my roulette? That, that was, was that was on your roulette. And if it, I had looked over the list, and, and because I was planning on putting that like mm, one or two, but that wasn't on my roulette, so I couldn't throw it on there. No. Uh, but that would have made my top five easily. Yeah, I and it's right there. It's but it, it's movie. just. Obviously, as you heard, all of the ones that I had other than Welcome to the Jungle were horror movies because I'm a horror guy. Um, that's why that one didn't make it. Next up is uh, – this was a pleasant surprise and that is False mm. starring uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Winstead. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very creepy. An uncomfortable and Jess, you should give that one a shot. It's very. It's been sitting in my queue for a while. I need to get around to that. Yeah, it's a good one. I I liked it, especially the end. The end was very good. Good payoff. And last but not least, uh, Cannons Enter the Dragon. Mm. Or I'm sorry, not Enter the Dragon. Enter the Enter the Ninja. Yes, with uh uh, uh Franco Nero. Yeah. To- totally miscast, but that makes it all the He's so miscast. It's like, oh, Django is a ninja in this. Oh, there's something glorious about me being the ninja, the 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 uh, king of hiding in the, in all of martial arts, yet I'm in uh, the trees in Hollywood wearing white. We're wearing white, yes. It's so funny, and it's so much fun, and... and it's silly and cheesy, but I thoroughly enjoyed that. I enjoy all the ninja movies. Yeah, I anyway. do too. Okay. That's uh, that's roulette. All right, that was a a good wrap up of the year. If you want to know more about those movies, just go look at the feed burner or the iTunes. I have them all listed there, and you can hear us go on and on and on and on about how great or horrible these films were. Uh, Jess, you had said you wanted to talk about your worst horror films of the year. Would you like to do that now? Yeah. So um, this is going to be real quick. I just have five. Um, so we're. Uh, uh, I usually do these kind of lists for bloody disgusting, and I do have my best of the year actually publishing tomorrow. So if you want to find out what my uh, top five favorite horror films of the year were, um, you can check that out there tomorrow. But I thought I'd do my top five uh, here on Movie Freaks for the worst. Nice. So we're just going to go real quick through these. Because they are not worth anything. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how much time the internet spends just talking about shitty shit? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, number five, I have The Editor, which was a new movie from Scream Factory. Um, and the artwork is absolutely awesome. It's supposed to be a callback to Giallo film. Um, but what it is, is it's just kind of... It, it just kind of starts to seem like it's making fun of it more than anything. And none of the jokes really fall, and it's just, it's poorly made. It's got that creepy guy from Human Centipede 2 in it. And, yeah, it's just, it's like, okay, that's great. I like homage films. I like when they're done right. I appreciate references as much as the next person. But this one's just, like, you don't care about what you're homaging at all. It's just like, you're trying to make a quick buck. So Was that the Astron 6 guys? Yeah, that was Astron 6. Mm. Yeah, but I I was not a fan. Uh, so number four, uh, Pernicious, which I talked about 
a couple episodes ago, so we don't need to go too far into that. But yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just love it when a roulette comes up on any list. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, basically Americans made uh, what they felt was some kind of Asian horror movie, and it just <laughs> failed miserably. Um, number uh, uh, three, and this is, uh, just so you know, Pernicious isn't going to be the only roulette that shows up on this Oh, list. wow. <laughs> so number three is uh, Dark Summer, which I was kind of disappointed in. I was looking forward to that, and that's something that came out on uh, – it's on Netflix Instant, but it got a really, really limited release. But it's got the uh, kid who's in It Follows, Mm -hmm. um, the guy who's in love with Jay. Yeah, I saw that movie. I watched that Yeah, And it's like this kid, these 17-year-old kids on house arrest for the summer because he supposedly stalked a girl until she killed herself. Which ends up not being true in some horribly convoluted witchcraft plot that's just awful and boring. And it, it it's a really short movie, but it felt like it took forever. So uh, I was, yeah, but I was looking forward to it because it was directed by Paul Soleil, who did uh, a movie that I really liked called, um, what was it called? It's about the baby. Grace. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you've seen that, I really, really like that. But this one, this one just kind of fell short, so I was disappointed in that. I haven't even heard of that one. Grace? No, uh, Dark Summer. I heard of Grace. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Well, there's a reason you haven't heard of Dark Summer. Oh, hey, if you guys are crapping on a horror movie, trust me, I'm staying far away. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so so number two uh, is The Chosen. (laughs) Because it qualifies for 2015. And it was a piece of shit. Yes. <laughs> and if you want to know how much, go back to the last episode yes. and listen to that. And so number one, my all-time most hated movie. Yeah, not just horror movie, just movie in general of 2015 <laughs> is Human Centipede Part 3. Ooh. I fucking loathe <laughs> every fiber of that movie. And not for any of the reason Tom Six wants you to. He wants you to be really super offended by what he's done. And I'm not. I'm just really super annoyed that somebody gave him money to do that shit. Yeah. It's terrible. Because it's awful. And the German guy, whatever his name is, just he screams the entire time. It's obnoxious to listen to. It's not funny in the least. It's. Yeah. It makes me angry because I feel like Tom Six looking at Human Centipede and Human Centipede Part 2, are they the greatest movies of all time with the greatest subject matter? No, but they're original, and there's some semblance of good extreme horror filmmaking in there. And Tom Six could get there, but he just wants to do this juvenile shit. Yeah. What it if, makes me angry. What if it's a uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man situation, and he just actually needs to take a break in between making his opuses so that Maybe. he has a little bit of balance? Because it sounds, between the three of us, like we have the same reviews for both of those trilogies. I haven't mm-hmm. seen part three of this, and nor do I intend to, because I heard a spoiler podcast where they told me everything about it, including the jar of... Um, Vaginas. I wasn't going to say what it was. I was just going to leave it oh. as a spoiler. No, don't. no one should watch this movie. It's awful. <laughs> it's yes, awful. The uh, jar of clitorises that the guy was chewing on <laughs> on his desk, and I was like, I'm good. I'm so good with never seeing that. Uh, wow. Yeah. But but uh, here's the thing. Part two, I genuinely was disturbed by t- part two. Yeah, and I thought I uh, the black and white worked. The the, the mm-hmm. main protagonist in it, the 
he was gross and everything about part two was like that's a that's a pretty well made exploitation yeah extreme cinema and then part three is like what were you thinking we could again apply both of these reviews to spider-man two and three that's what i'm (laughs) I'm hearing (laughs) all right but that wraps it up for me for my top five worst horror movies of 2015 awesome good list the only one i hadn't heard of was dark summer yeah everything else yeah i'm surprised by the editor that's got some good reviews from uh some i just i know some people really it just didn't sit right with me and i was really disappointed because i really wanted to like it did you see it eugene I did, yes. I saw it, and because I have a lot of goodwill towards Astron 6, I like what they do. I really liked Father's Day and Manborg, uh, but uh, this one here... Manborg is pretty good. It is cool, yeah. Father's Day was kick-ass. But something about this one here, it's like like Jess said, instead of going full-on Giallo, they were, like Jess said, they were kind of making fun of it or the jokes didn't quite work and they went almost too far to where it doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. Mm. Yeah, and, there's nothing going on. Like, it's like, okay, we get it. Yeah, Giallo yeah. movies can be a little bit conflu- confusing in the But plot, they usually but wrap up really nothing. good. Yeah, they usually, yeah. they're like, oh, okay, here's the plot twist and here's what was really going on. And here it was they're just like, like oh, what? I get it. But it was, there was some good gore in it. Um, I didn't, definitely not my worst of, but I, I see what you're saying, Jess. I do. Okay. And um, with right. that, we will move on to recently watched. But I know, Eugene, you have the first spot, but mm. here's the way that we're going to do this. Because for the first time ever, all three of these movie freaks saw a movie in the theater at the <laughs> same time. And, yes. Jess, this is monumental for you because you saw a movie where I was in the theater and yeah. not only was it a good crowd, it might have been the best crowd ever. But only, yes. went wrong. only because, and I was wondering yeah. as I was driving up there, I'm like, okay, is this gonna like is somebody gonna be an asshole because Eric's no, no. coming? Is that what's gonna happen? <laughs> no, they laid the smack down at the theater, but I I, Which turned, is great. I, I told John, because uh, John went with us too, he's been on the show before. I said you you do expect this film to burst into flames about the second reel, right? And he's right. like Yeah. All of my friends that were there and know me and have seen movies with me, they all they all were not like, oh, you're crazy. They were like, probably. <laughs> uh, fortunately, that did not happen, and we all got to witness the road Maybe show. Maybe I balance. Yeah, you balance, yes. I hope. Either that or you were just balance sitting, in the force. You were sitting yes. uh, enough aisles away in the sold-out yeah. theater. But we all got to see the Roadshow Edition 70mm uh, uncut, director's cut, Overture and intermission included of The Hateful Eight, Quentin Tarantino's eighth film. Uh, Eugene, you're in the pole position. I'll let you give your thoughts first. We'll go that way. Uh, we'll all give our thoughts and then just bleed right into Recently Watched, as we always do. Uh, okay. Um, first off, uh, Quentin Tarantino, I am convinced he is. I know that Christopher Nolan's great. I know that uh, you know there's numerous directors that I really like. But I, for my money, Quentin Tarantino never ceases to amaze me. And this movie, once again, shows why. He took a pretty much extinct uh, way of shooting film that hasn't been done since 1966, I believe. Um, and he made a movie in 70 millimeter, uh, Panavision. And it was beautiful. Is that uh, accurate? You, there hasn't been yes. a 70 millimeter since 66? Yes. Pa- filmed in Panavision since uh, 66, I believe, from, from at least from what, what I was, was looking at one? online. Um, I know that Ben Hur was. Wasn't uh, Once Upon ten- a Time in the West? Um, uh, Lawrence of Arabia was. Lawrence of Arabia was. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, but well, I uh, mean, there's diff- there's Super Panavision seventy and there's Ultra Panavision seventy. Is, are we being that nitpicky? No, no, I'm not being. <laughs> no, no, I did seventy millimeter. I'd no, say. I'm just saying, like, is history being that nitpicky? Oh, and well, being like, well, it was only this last Panavision, <laughs> not this Panavision. I even thought that the the Tom Cruise Nicole Kidman movie. Uh, Far and away, I believe I thought that that movie was filmed a certain way as well. But th- from what I'm reading online, this has not been done since the '60s. I'll tell you what. Carry on with your review, and I'll do a little a bit okay. of research. So uh, we bought tickets well in advance, and this showing was sold out. As pretty much almost all of the uh, the road show movies are sold out of Hateful Eight. Um, it, I'm not going to go over the whole like th- this is a, a different cut of the movie. I am looking forward to watching the standard cut of it. Uh, this did feel maybe a, a hair long, but that did not diminish at all my love of this movie and the cinematography and the, the score uh, by the, oh the, my God. the score is so, and I'm just, so amazing. Yeah, I don't want to steal everybody else's thunder. So I'll just get into some of the things that I loved about this movie. Um, one, I loved the fact that they laid the smackdown in this theater twice before it even began. Uh, we got there well in advance and it was already half full and the gentleman comes up front and is kind of introduces what's going to be going on. And he's, he's our host pretty much. And there will be absolutely no cell phones at all in this movie. If there is cell phones in this movie, you will be kicked out immediately. No second chances. You're out. And yes. that was led to Almost applause. Almost like we had our own Alamo draft house for yes, just it, a second. Mm, it yeah, was right. seriously. Um, and then the movie starts and immediately you can tell this is shot on film and we are watching a film being projected onto a screen and it was fantastic. Um, and by the way, the guy came out a second time and reiterated everything that he said the first time again. And he even made mention of a, a small tiny girl or whatever and whatever her name was. And she's a spitfire and she will kick you out. Trust me. I'm like, yes, awesome. And then right then the lights dimmed and overture begins and it was just Badass. Uh, the movie itself, as you well know, if it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, lots of dialogue, heavy dialogue for a long period of time. I didn't mind that at all. I was totally engrossed. Everything was fantastic. Um, it, I, I think that it, it could have been shown up just a hair, but I didn't mind it at all. Um, they had the intermission at the perfect ideal spot, and from that point on, it was just balls out awesome. Um, I don't want to give anything away about the movie, although I will say, for some reason, the entire way through, and it was probably because of the setting and our lead actor, Kurt Russell, uh, this felt almost like a Western Quentin Tarantino version of John Carpenter's The Shining. Uh, with the, just, thing. the thing. The thing. The thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did I say The Shining? Good Lord. Uh, Kubrick and... Sh- yeah. Um, no. It, it, it did feel like uh, like The Shining and it, the, with the winter isolation the thing. Scene. The thing. So let's just stop and cut the, all of that nonsense out. I promise it. that I will not. Sure. Uh, no, you're fine. I, okay. Um, it, you, you you think of The Shining because of the winter setting. It, yes, it's in a blizzard. That's what it is. They're yes. constantly dealing with the snow coming in the door. It's the same damn thing. Yes. Because I, I was thinking that last last night in the movie, too. I'm like, oh, this is kind of reminds me of The Shining. So that's why I'm getting these confused. Well, but, it's all right. Since you're getting cool. shit confused and you're derailing, let's go back to the 70 millimeter comment. I've got a little bit of uh, information here. Okay. Uh, okay. Bear with me because they lump 65 and 70 millimeter together. Uh, I, I'm going from most recent. Hateful Eight, Ultra Panavision, 70 millimeter. And I knew there was one that was shot 
more recent than what you said, and that would be Baraka, 1992. That was oh, a 70 millimeter film. Gotcha. Okay. I did not forget that one, and I thought Sam Sarah might have Sam Sarah the follow up might have been, but that was a 65. Um, there was a couple more here. Tron from 1982 had some 70 millimeter. 1992, Far and Away was mostly 65, but it had segments of 70. Okay. Uh, the Last Valley from, had had some 70 millimeter. Uh, Song of Norway, don't know what that is. Uh, Patton from 1970. Uh, Airport also had some 70 millimeter. Uh, and then we're back into 2001, 1968, Super Panavision okay. 70. Wow. Good damn mm. films. And before that, Dr. Doolittle, 1967. And we're done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, I want to I, I let you guys talk about the movie. I love the movie. I This, to me, I've only watched it once. I've watched Tarantino's movies so many times. Um, I don't want to say where this one falls yet without watching it at least another time or two. But to me, it's already in upper tier. Not number one, I don't think. But it is. Uh, it's definitely in mid to upper tier for me. Jess. All right, yeah. So um, now I agree with everything Eugene said. I was glued to the screen. Like, my eyeballs were glued to the screen the entire time from the opening shot of the snow on the cross and just widening and widening and widening out. Just that full experience of, like, okay, we probably all cracked a joke here and there about Quentin Tarantino like man you can't just let it you know you can't let film go we want to be able to see the movie we want to be able to see the movie when before we found out we were going to be able to see it on 70 millimeter but it is worth seeing it on 70 millimeter because just the the depth and the color that 70 millimeter adds is phenomenal and just seeing that kind of soft line underneath and on top of the movie is fantastic um and that that's just the opening shot. That's just everything that I was thinking just as this. And all it is is just snow, basically, mm-hmm. widening out for the first. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, and of course the score in the background, which the the original Ennio Maricone score, that's one of his first original scores in how many years? I, I mean, the, the man has to be at least 9,000 years old <laughs> at this point. But it's... It's so it's so gorgeous and it, it's it's scored just like a giallo film. It's it is, in, and in and in parts uh, even like some Friday the Thirteenth sequels like sounds I could hear chiming in. It's just it's it's scored like a horror movie and it's fantastic. But yeah, the the every time Quentin Tarantino comes out with a movie, I realize that he's the only director that can get away with literally anything <laughs> i know it's I like know. you can do whatever you want that's totally fine quentin no we'll never give you an nc we'll never bother you with ratings it's fine yeah and <laughs> and and every time i think yep that's what he does and and i'll have to i am going to disagree with eugene on one thing and say that quentin tarantino he can make movies that are generally two and a half to three hours long and his real success is making me wish that those run times were a little longer Mm. Like most of the time, I'm eyeing a runtime. Even a movie that's like an hour and a half, I'm like checking the time halfway through. Like, all right, how long we got going here? But his move, like I, they come to the uh, uh, intermission part, and I was like, wow, already we've been sitting here for two hours. I feel like I've been sitting here for like a half hour, and it's just I could watch those characters talk back and forth, and the performances so are all good. fantastic. I want Jennifer Jason Lee to get some sort of supporting actress nom. 
Tim Roth was amazing, and I'm glad to see him back in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, and agreed. I, Michael Madsen I as well. I think Michael, Michael Madsen, Madsen did fantastic, is fantastic. In this. And I could go on and on, but we are, are approaching time, so I'm going <laughs> to let Eric tell what uh, he thought. Okay, uh, my turn. Are you ready, kitties? I absolutely mirror all of the love that you guys have for this film. I echo all of it. I, as Sam Jackson would say, I was right there sucking on the luscious black cock that was this film. Um, No spoilers. I'm not going to say that, but film reference. Um, That being said, I still had to view it a little bit critically. The the seventy millimeter was beyond gorgeous. Uh, the the depth that it added, the width that it added to a lot of the frames was just phenomenal. I, I loved all that stuff. The 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 score was beyond brilliant. I think that again, I'm not a Morricone master that I know everything by heart that he's done, but I might say that's the best. There, the, some of the score b- bits in there were the best I've ever heard from him. And they were of horror movies and a yeah. terrifying movie that he was building, and which starts to lead me to a couple of negatives that I felt about the movie. Um, and that would be this within the last five years or so where Tarantino started, okay, I gotta work faster because I gotta get this shit done. He wants to be done with his 10 movies and move on. And mm-hmm. so he's begun to work faster, and I think it's, it's made him slip a hair in a couple of areas. And I've first felt that with Django where the, the first half of that film is a little muddled and there's a couple of quick edits and things here and there where I'm just they may be nitpicky but they're not Tarantino-y and they felt out of place and the same thing here and this is his sort of director's cut vision uh, don't get me wrong John my, my buddy that went with us said it uh, there were a lot of, there were a fair amount of shots in there that were purely masturbatory and that's absolutely right I don't need 10 establishing shots of the wagon rolling up to the house um, I, oh no see I love it I got I'm it totally fine <laughs> I, with that. I mean, that, is, I got... that is all me I'm like please I want more just I will watch that over and over <laughs> just horses riding around in the snow <laughs> nothing else I don't care it's gorgeous it's beautiful but at the same yeah, time you have to admit at, at some point I'm going alright are we getting there or we just nope, nope we're just driving <laughs> I've never snow. once thought um, that <laughs> okay that's fine and the, to each his own it's just sort of like I'm not talking like this thing needs a massive overhaul just right you could have easily cut a couple of them shots and it would have and I'm guessing he did in, in the uh, the standard version I do not want the overture cut I think more films need the overture and well intermission hit or miss I have a strong bladder so I don't need the intermission but the overture I love that shit um, uh, what, what else I also was getting nitpicky with I don't know if that's spoilery to even say I'll tell you what I will present it to you guys, and if it's spoilery, then a future Eric will put a edit in here and tell you when you can skip ahead. Ready? Eric from the future here. Uh, just popping in to say we do touch on some light spoilers, so if you don't want to have anything ruined for you at all, then skip ahead to about an hour and 21, and you should be good to go. See you in the future. Go. Here we go. Um... A lot of those scenes where they are approaching uh, the haberdashery, there is houses and fences and all kinds of bullshit in the background. 
There were. I there totally didn't oh, notice that. I didn't either. Huge 70 millimeter frame. I couldn't not look. Look, there was a dozen houses within a quarter mile of this freaking place. They, I will they freely were... admit that I probably went in there with some kind of rose tinted glasses. So I probably did. <laughs> I'm not saying that, that that's but... the case. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm, when I hear 70 millimeter, I'm like, I got to absorb all this. So the whole time I'm back and forth, like my head's, look at all, look at all of this glorious awesomeness. And then I'm like, there's a house right there. I mean, this old West, why there's a house right there. there. I should not be able to see three houses in one frame of them drawing up to the only shelter they have between them and the blizzard and the, the town. It, uh, and not only that, but I'm, fences there, there's fences all throughout <laughs> all of the shit where I'm like, people live here. This is not the wilderness. And I get, I, I know this is extremely nitpicky, and I know it sounds. I don't know. I missed it. Well, I know it sounds. I did too. I know wow. it sounds like I'm shitting on it. I'm. I'm not. I'm just pointing out that. No, I mean even the smallest of flaw or the biggest of flaw in a Quentin Tarantino movie is generally better than most movies. Ninety percent of what's yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> agree. I absolutely agree. Um, the only thing where I'm really going to kind of disagree with you guys on is saying upper echelon tarantino i don't know mm-hmm. that it is i would put it um with django and i would say i very much enjoyed it there isn't a tarantino film that i've given a thumbs down the closest thing would be pulp fiction and that's still a good thumbs up what? Uh, oh sorry jess <laughs> on this show me and eugene yeah that's the bottom that's the least of his films to us. yeah wow yeah yeah and it's still a great movie, it's but still a good, I, it's yeah, still a good movie. Like, but it's it's a the little least. explosion happened in some weird part of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're the weird ones. It's all right. Don't worry. You'll come, it's all right. You'll, I'll you'll come throw around. out my Quentin Tarantino confession and say that I'm not the biggest and glorious bastards fan. Bastards fan. I, and that's fine. But I would still put not really my. I would still put Kill Bill as number one. I would still put Bastards above this. Uh, I might even put Death Proof above this. Um, I mm-hmm. love that film. I think those films are far more balanced than even this one. I, I totally enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking yeah. it. This would still get like an, an eight and a half, nine on my 10 scale. Um, it, it's still a huge thumbs up. And I like throughout the, the whole first half, I'm, I, I was like, where is this going? I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I, another step. I don't care that Channing Tatum sent emails to Quentin Tarantino every day for a month to get the role. The dude was fucking miscast. That didn't, he was, it was awkward in there. And it was, yeah. it was interesting seeing him and everything, but it, uh, I was I, like, I will agree with that. I will agree. I with agree that. too. Yep. Okay. I agree. I'm not saying he was bad, but he was kind of like a glaring, yeah. like thumb out, like just sore thumb in the middle of everything. Same, yeah. like, uh... Same here. Yep. I would agree there. And he did, he, I think he did very good in the role that he was. Yeah. He did passive. well. But, but, uh, yeah, they, they could have, especially with all the great casting that Tarantino can get, they could have got someone that fit that role even better. Cause I saw that in the, in the opening credits, I'm like, ah, Channing Tatum, really? And so Tarantino if I movie? email Quentin Tarantino once a day for a <laughs> there month, you go. Will that will was I the rumor that he, he was emailing every day for a month to get that role. And even with Zoe <laughs> Bell, like, I had no problem with her being in there, but then she's, got a speaking role and it's not just like a couple lines it's going on and on and on and on it's like it's like you're starting to I'm starting to feel like I'm in the movie instead of being sucked in like I love that Sam Jackson was the main character and we didn't know it until three-fourths yes. way through the right. movie 
that was the shit. I, and I yes. loved it. And I, at that point, honestly, he was such a badass. I just wanted him to kill everyone and roll in a town and get a million dollars and buy an <laughs> island and be the king of the world. I, I, I loved like, his character so much. That was great. Isn't it great how, though, like, going back to Michael Madsen, and he's been in some ungodly terrible stuff, but he's a good actor. Uh, and Only Tarantino in Quentin got, Tarantino thing. Yeah. I know. It's like I, Quentin Tarantino has some sort of magic that, like, he yeah. he only can find the good acting in Michael Madsen. Yeah, and he did. And he, I'm like, he is a despicable scumbag in this movie. And I'm like, I buy it. And he works perfectly. I'm glad he's in this movie. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wasn't blown away by his performance in this movie, but I thought he did serviceable. Uh, real quick to another positive of this film that, that you guys didn't mention. Um, maybe I, maybe this only mattered to me. I don't know. Maybe it's nothing, but, um, you know, we're all kind of used to Tarantino with his odd editing choices of uh, like with Kill Bill, where it's like chapter eight is the first chapter and then chapter seven, Mm -hmm. he's bouncing all around or, or Pulp Fiction. The beginning is the end and the end is the beginning. The Um, nonlinear narrative. There you go. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. pops in with the smart person way of saying (laughs) the the way that that dumbass over here is like, blah, blah, blah. Parts aren't in right places. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's reverse time talk. yes exactly <laughs> but what he did in this movie was real genius because he did that non-linear thing but he didn't he he like went anti-tarantino and yet yeah. tarantino because he did a flashbacky thing in three-fourths of the way through where it made you completely rethink an entire character everything. Not, not yes. every, yeah. everything yes but because everything one specific is building character. upon something it, yeah that character, I, I, again, vagaries, so no no spoilers, don't be afraid. That character was told, you are allowed to say three things. Yes, no, yep. and your name. And then you think about what he actually said and what transpired. At that point, by where that character's arc peaked, vagary, um, he was actually on the other side at that point. Because he was like just mm-hmm. waiting for the shoe to drop. And I I <laughs> loved that. Like he might be the second most interesting character in that movie. Next to Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson stole that movie, by the way. Well, yes, even when Yeah, well even when Quentin Tarantino does a, a linear narrative, it's still like the next time you watch it, you're still going to be catching things that you didn't catch before, even though he told you the story outright. Jackie Brown it's being just, the prime example of that. Yes, and that was um, something something that uh, somebody I know commented about, saying that this was more that uh, uh, Hateful Eight is more in the line of Jackie Brown than, say, like a Pulp Fiction, yeah, mm-hmm. or a Reservoir Dogs or something I like that. I love Jackie where Brown, it's, it's, by the way. <laughs> yeah, where it's told much more. Yes. in that manner. <laughs> yeah, that seriously, Jess, uh, Jackie Brown was uh, was on my like least favorite of Tarantino's movies, mm-hmm. and. Eric talked me into rewatching. He's like, because I hadn't seen that in years. Yeah, I really uh, since need the to theater. It. And he's like, you should give that one another chance. That's a great movie, and that is a fantastic movie. Um, one of my favorite Tarantino movies now. Uh, and that's actually I really what need kind to of check that out again. It, that's what like bumps immediately down. Yeah. So I, I am curious, Jess. Though, like, where do you fit Hateful Eight into your uh, into your top Tarantino movies? Hateful Eight is definitely in my top tier. Um, I would say that looking at Quentin Tarantino, like off the top of my head, my favorites, and in no particular order, 
would probably be, I mean, Pulp Fiction. Well, I think he's asking for a particular order. <laughs> well, you, you, what, what, you what would by, you like, put top above it? Five Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm just curious as to where it falls. Like, what, what, what is your? Do you have a favorite? Well, if Quentin it's Tarantino if it's top tier of an eight, it's got to be in your top four. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so my top four. That's true because there's only eight. Uh, not so to put you on the spot. Four. I'm just curious. No, it's cool. I can do this. My top four <laughs> you got this, huh? Quentin Tarantino movies are as follows. Number four, we're going to say, and I'm looking here real quick through everything. Number four is going to be, this is actually harder than I thought it would be. It is, <laughs> it is. easy the because problem. they're all good. They're they all are. good. We did, did we do him on Director Spotlight already? I think we yeah, did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yes. And that's where it was like, gun to your head. What are you going to do? You got to put, I mean, they're all great, but. At the end of the day, well, one above the other. It's still easy for me. I'm the kung fu dork, so Kill Bill is a friggin' masterpiece. That thing is so masterfully hand- handled. It it's easy for me to put it up there. Yeah. All right. So I think I think I got it now. <laughs> All right. So number four is going to be Reservoir Dogs. Number three is going to be, I believe, The Hateful Eight. Number two is Kill Bill, and number one is Pulp Fiction. Mm, nice. Okay. I believe that. Kill Bill is above it. I accept your order. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, Okay. We've spent a ton of time on this. Uh, last thoughts on Hateful Eight. Anything we else still you guys... We have announcements. Yeah, we have all kinds of shit. We, we, I at least want to do one round of Recently Watched, because Eugene teased a secret review. Hey, yeah. It's special year-end show. It can go a little bit. It can bit. go a little bit longer, yeah. Especially with Hateful Eight. It, that was such a unique We're packing experience. in an entire year here. I do. Oh, yes. A couple of things I want to touch on real quick on Hateful Eight. Uh, Eugene said something so remarkable when we got to uh, Valley View. Uh, this was at Valley View Theater up in Cleveland. He said so remarkable, ironic, I, I could not even, like, grasp it. It was so genius. The last movie that he and I saw there oh, yes. was Episode <laughs> 2, Star Wars. And that was the first <laughs> digital uh, video and sound projection movie, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. And yes. we made a special trip to Cleveland to watch it together, and we both were blown away by the audio and the sound. And... Eh, the movie, but we watched it later and both came to the realization it's the worst one. Uh, but yes. at the time, that was a mind-blowing experience. And he said, isn't it amazing that we haven't been here since then and now we're here to see the movie that is the anti-digital? It's 70 millimeter <laughs> film. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that wow. is just a genius observation. Yeah. And what's funny is because I remember that Attack of the Clones uh, viewing, and it was a blast. It was like, because it truly was a unique experience for the first, like, we're watching a digital uh, movie projected for the first time, and it looked fantastic. Amazing. Um, And we were like, wow, and the sound was incredible. And like, this is amazing. This is the future of cinema, and it is. And now, like Eric said, we went back to watch what it used to be like, and it was it was fantastic. It was the it last was... movie I saw at that theater was Lords of Salem. Wow! <laughs> yeah, must be nice wow. to be so close to good theaters. Us here in <laughs> Podunk Town, we don't get. <laughs> uh, the other thing I wanted to throw out a, a little tidbit to my buddy, uh, Estathios Papadopoulos, came and met us at the theater, and he said, "quote unquote That's the best movie Kurt Russell has been in since Escape from L.A." And I was like, huh? What? Uh, I love you. And see you in a couple years. <laughs> Not escape from New York, escape from LA. Yeah, they, they, these are Stathiisms. Don't okay. worry. Eventually, one day we'll have him on the show and you will understand. 
Okay. <laughs> and for the record, Kurt Russell is still a fox. <laughs> he's such a badass. Uh, he's, he's even. You know what? You want to go another negative? I thought I loved his performance, but he went a little dyslexic. There were a couple times where he was hamming it up, and I was like, "Reel it in a hair, buddy. Just a hair, <laughs> just a little bit. Just reel it back just a bit." Anyway, <laughs> um, moving on. Eugene, you teased us a secret review. I want to get at least one round of recently watched so I can get your secret review in. Okay, and you're probably going to be like, oh, that's it? All right, whatever. But I just, I, I, we've been so busy on the show lately that I hadn't had a chance to properly talk about this movie that I wanted to be, especially because our friend uh, Steve over at Cinema Sidekicks had a chance to watch this movie and raved about it, and I was uh, able to uh, go and see it. And I've been saving it for the right opportunity, and this is it because it's year end, and that is I was able to watch Sicario. Oh, yes. Uh, So I've been kind of saving that for the right time. And I'm like, okay, well, this is it. This is the last episode. You two are kind of the president of uh, that director's fan club. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You guys love him a lot. Prisoners is great. Uh, Prisoners was my favorite movie of, what, 2013? That was was No, it's good. I'm very much looking forward to his Blade Runner movie. Uh, But you guys adore him. Go on. Oh, sorry. So, Sicario. Now, Jess, you have not seen Sicario yet, correct? I have not yet. Okay. So, um... It was, um, of course, it was fantastic, and it was not what I was expecting, which uh, which impressed me. I was expecting something. Um, uh, oh boy, it's hard to describe. Um, a little bit more linear as far as like beginning, middle, and end. Um, but this is just like a, a a small piece of a broad thing that is going on with uh, the war on drugs. And with Mexican cartels and the gray area that it is and how you go about catching the bad guys. And um, man, this director can – and I, I would like to pronounce his name, but I'm going to butcher it. I, I know his first name is Dennis, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I really don't. Vanejo? Vila, I don't Vila, know. Vila Vanu, sure. or I've, I've heard something, something like yes. that. Uh, we'll just go with uh, – yeah. I don't know. What's our – Saratoga. Saratoga. Yes, Saratoga. Dennis Saratoga. Uh, so – I, I envision this guy is going to win and win an Oscar or numerous Oscars at some point in his career. Uh, he is such a great director. And this is a, this movie here is all about the direction and the pacing and the score. Steve on Cinema Sidekicks talked about the score on several occasions and the score is so good and so tense. You can hardly catch your breath, even with this, just, if there's dialogue heavy parts, but there's this thumping score in the background, um, that you're just always, you're always on edge. Like, what crazy shit is going to go down next with what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish? Uh, like Emily Blunt's character and Josh Brolin, Benicio del Toro, uh, but, uh, and maybe it was a, a bit of a letdown, but for you guys, like, oh, it's, oh, it's okay. It's Sicario, but it really <laughs> is a great movie. Um, it would probably fall on, on into my best of the year, just like Prisoners did. Uh, so anyway, I'm, and it's one of those, it's one of those, I can't give a whole lot away. Right. Uh, but it, it, I think this, this movie sh- deserves some, uh, some awards. And it probably won't get any, which is unfortunate, but uh, it it was fantastic. It was a great movie. I'm so looking forward to that movie, but I just I, I've been so busy I haven't got around to it in the dollar theater yeah. or anything like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, the first half hour to 45 minutes is, uh, is probably my favorite part of the movie. And that's probably what brings it down just a hair because the first half is better than the second. Uh, not that the second half is not good. It is really good. But the first half, something about that first half is so intense where there's just almost no breathing room at all. And it's just this, like I said, this thumping score going on and like, Oh shit. <laughs> they are, they are going, they're going to the worst part of Mexico they can go to. Port of Iron. And yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so it, 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 it's a great movie, and uh, I think that both of you – I will be surprised if both of you don't think it is a great movie as well. And I'm, I'm glad that I saw it, and I, I want to hear your reviews when you see it. Uh, that guy so, has right. yet to make a movie that I didn't like. Even if yeah. I gave it some negative points, there uh, nothing that I was like, oh, he hasn't shown any. T- everything he's put out has shown massive talent. Yeah. I think that, and I think that this is a director to watch. I think that he is bound for great things. Absolutely, I totally agree. So. Uh, Jess, recently watched anything you want to throw in? Uh yeah, I got a couple quick things here. Um, so I uh, I saw at the Nightlight Movie Theater in downtown Akron on Thirty North High Street. <laughs> we are we're getting showing, plugs in in the middle of that show. That's fine. <laughs> we uh, uh, we're showing Chirac, which is Spike Lee's new movie. Um, and generally, Spike Lee's pretty hit or miss with me. But this movie, actually, I was really interested in. It's loosely based on the Greek um, play Lysistrata by Aristophanes, where essentially. In order to get their men from going to war, in the movie's case, um, gang violence in the middle of Chicago in a suburb called Chirac, um, or in a city called, known as Chirac, uh, the women decide, all right, well, if you won't stop killing each other and buying guns and da-da-da-da-da, then we're not going to have sex with you anymore. So it becomes, it, it's, it goes on that way. But the whole film is done, um, it all rhymes. So it is done in the style of Lysistrata, the Greek play, um, mm. or poem, rather. And for me, it was fine. I mean, it was it was good. Um, I enjoyed it. It was The tone was a little strange because in certain parts, it's farce, and you're definitely supposed to be laughing. Like, Wesley Snipes in it, in it in it the whole time is ridiculous. I can't wait to see this movie. I, I and, absolutely cannot wait. And the humor really works. And, you know, it's it's juxtaposed with really, really serious scenes, though, that kind of make it a little bit jarring for one thing to the next. Like, one time, you're, you know, one minute you're laughing, and the next minute a mom is, like, trying to wash the blood of her child off, like, a spikely the joint. sidewalk. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, but that is that is his style, that's his thing, and that's probably, that's just, me and Spike Lee are never going to entirely oh, I, mesh. I agree. But I, I will continue to try, because he does, I mean, I enjoy what he does. The music in this is, is pretty, aside from the credit songs, but the music in uh, general is pretty good. My main complaint, though, is John Cusack. Ugh. In that he is just awful nowadays, yeah. and especially in this movie, it's just, it's, he just seems so miscast and so weird and just not, not at all should be a part of the movie at all, and it, that really kind of put a wrench in it for me, but other than that, I really liked it, and I'd give it a pass, and I'd say you should come out and see it if you haven't already. 
You got to give it up for um, John Cusack's agent. I mean, he he's casting him in yeah. a Spike Lee joint, <laughs> Chirac, and and in a Jackie Chan movie, Genghis Khan shit. That's wow. We're getting all really uh, cultured over here, <laughs> John Cusack. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, uh, I did watch a couple other movies. Watched Bound of Vengeance, which was a pretty decent vengeance uh, revenge flick, but never really pays off for what you want. Oh, that was on the. It's a nice rated, yeah. Yeah. And I had it from Scream Factory. Um, it's a nice rainy day flick. I would check it out. But um, one thing I did want to mention that I've been watching on Netflix is Making a uh, Making a Murderer, Damn it. which is their yeah, which is their new original series, um, which is basically being set uh, hailed as the serial of Netflix, yeah. um, the serial podcast <laughs> of Netflix. I added it. I watched the first half an episode. It was awesome, but I have it's it's fantastic. I'm about five way five episodes in now, and it's just it's madness. It's just infuriating and fascinating at the same time. So I would definitely check that out. And if you another show I also recommend to both of you if you haven't watched it is Black Mirror. But they just had their Christmas episode put out on Christmas Day um, on Netflix. And Black Mirror is like a satire anthology kind of show making um, comments about technology and modern age. But it's got like a horror kind of spin on it. And like these episodes are just they're heavy and they're timely and just whew. we've talked about it before and the only thing that i had on recently watched uh was black mirror season one i haven't quite finished up season two uh, but we're talking four episodes they're very short kind yeah. of seasons um and i was gonna talk they're about bbc one, but so i was like eh, i'll just hold off like <laughs> but we have talked <laughs> about black mirror multiple times on this uh yes that's yeah, yeah that's i love it fantastic and the new Christmas episode. It's, oh, man. It's, it's oh. hard. It's, did you whew. watch it too, Eugene? Yes, I did. Uh, oh, well, wow. Well, just wait. I'm getting there. I'll get caught up <laughs> real soon. Oh. So, <laughs> Jess, oh, yeah. for me for... Yeah, Jess, that, that, that Christmas... Was that your favorite episode? Um, yeah, I think so. I think that... Really? Or the one where it's... Uh, or the one where it's um, the... Uh, where they're running around and people won't help them. I'm only up through it's like the uh, one where the girl wakes up and she doesn't have a memory. I, I, I'm only up to there. So, oh, that's a good one, too. And in my, in my opinion, they still haven't quite topped the pig. Because <laughs> that, 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 that shit, the, the very first episode, that just boggles my yeah. mind. Mad. That's where we're at with TV yeah. these days. I love yeah. living in this time because that's amazing. Yes. Now, the one episode with the uh, with the 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 guy that the dies and then they have the uh uh ro- I don't know how do I say it a robot guy that looks like her boyfriend oh the the internet yeah, voice guess, thing yeah, and the, yeah. Yes. yeah yeah that was um, but that one there isn't that guy isn't he um in Force Awakens yes yeah, isn't isn't that the guy that that is like him and uh, Snoke are the two? I swear to God, if you spoil Force Awakens for me, right? Oh, I'm sorry, not Snoke. Uh, um, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. He was he was in the he was in the trailer. If this was the same guy, he's in the trailers. He's the guy that's making a speech to the uh, the Nazi speech to the. Star I Wars think so. I think that's yeah. him. Anyway, it's not a spoiler. It's just he's he's a bad guy. Amazing. In the new Star Wars. I, I, I avoided all social media, and in I have not. And then on your own show, it's like, hey. I'm like two and a half weeks out from the release of that movie, and still no spoilers. And Eugene's yeah, Luke like, Skywalker is the Emperor, show. and yeah. he is commanding the Enterprise. And so there you go, spoilers. <laughs> oh, that would be 
be my luck. And then the show bursts into flames and we're hit by lightning and yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Okay. Uh, Let's move on, because we are so out of time. But We'll just save the recently watched. We'll get to it in January. But we have so much shit coming. And speaking of shit coming, yes. we have, uh, for the tease round of the show, I wanted to throw out shit coming to the podcast in 2016. I always like to take this time at the new year to revamp and uh, reevaluate. And obviously we have Jess on the show now, and it adds a whole new dynamic that we're all loving. Um and so, coming in 2016, Jess's Top 100. We did our Top 100 in 2015. We want to know Jess's Top 100. So what's, what's better than uh, us two assholes sitting here and dissecting your picks? I think that My would be... My entire a... <laughs> life in one list. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'll have you know, I have all those movies picked out. I just have to order them. Oh, well, that... So it's coming That soon. is the tricky part. Um, it is. We have... We couldn't get it down to uh, 150 is the best that we could do. Yeah, you... I have 150. Okay. I was going to say, you don't have to do 150, but if you want to do honorable mentions for two months, we'll split it up. That way... It gives us a full year event. Um, so for January, February, we honor mentions, and then we'll do top 100 for the rest of the year. Uh, next right. up, I've teased it before. I've teased it multiple times. We just never got around to it. Commentary tracks. We're going to bring you Woo-hoo. commentary tracks for some of our favorite best worst movies, maybe because that'd be more interesting. Um, so uh, we have yet to decide what movies we're going to do, and it's not going to be an every week or every month kind of thing. I'm thinking maybe one a quarter for the year. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that, because those are going to be much more time-consuming. Exactly. Yeah. So I think uh, you can look for that in 2016. That Me saying it now gives us motiv- me motivation to kick us in the ass and get it done. Uh, we'll just write down a bunch of movies and put them in a hat, and we'll just draw <laughs> randomly. <laughs> God help oh, us all. Yes, <laughs> I know. Wow. Uh, new roulettes. There are new versions of the roulette. We've had uh, many multiple versions, seen, unseen, blind, Blu-ray, DVD, whatever. Uh, we're also going to be including Netflix suggests. This was a just suggestion that I love. Uh, and uh, a yet unnamed version where two of us will expose the third to a flick they've never seen. Um, and lastly, a little bit of a game that I want to play, mm-hmm. which would be what I'm just calling it the pitch right now. But we're going to each sit down and come up with a pitch for a movie dream project based on a book or a comic book or an original idea, whatever you want. Pick directors, pick actors, your dream team. We'll each pitch these ideas, and then we each pick which one we would buy a ticket to. Whoever sells the most tickets wins the round. Sounds All like right. a fun little interesting mm. game, and maybe it'll get some people to read uh, some more books or comic books or shit we're interested in. Um, nice. That's all I have for tease coming in 2016. Anything you guys want to tease for the next episode? Um, a lot of recently watched. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just do a big fat review episode coming up. Uh, to we, enter into the new yeah, year. Yeah, just r- roulette and that. I, I Honestly, I have nothing because I've been so busy with work. Uh, it's always the way it is at the end of the year. I've actually caught up on my like my recently watched. I, I With this episode, I... Didn't get to watch too much in the last week before this, we recorded tonight, so I didn't uh, have too much layover. And I've, but... I've been so busy with 
watching TV. I've been watching The Flash. Like that's that, that's it. That's where I live right now. <laughs> are, are we going to do a best of the the year? Uh, yeah, we usually time? do that around Oscar time. Okay, it gives you an extra month and a half or so. I think that's usually yeah, in I'm February. Yeah, I'm still going to need to see some see some films, some okay. new movies that I missed out. Especially on. if we if we are going to consider like counting like official 2015 so like the revenant has already been somewhat released mm-hmm. so i'm obviously going to be we're going to probably be seeing that so that might fall on that list yeah, but right. we won't see it until halfway through january exactly that's the way it is around here oh and speaking of oscar time movies just one quick quick plug um we at the nightlight we are getting so room is closing this thursday it's been here for like three weeks so if you missed it I'm sorry, you're just going to have to wait. Um, Chirac is going to be on for another week. And the weekend after that, we are opening Carol, the new Kate Blanchett, uh, Rooney Mara. Yeah. Correct? Rooney Mara. Yeah. Um, evidently, masterpiece. I've been hearing nothing but fantastic reviews, and I am oh so looking What's forward to that. So I'm, I haven't even heard of it. It's set in the 50s, and Kate Blanchett is, um, she's married, but evidently she is gay. Um, and so it's kind of about a love affair blossoming between her and Rooney Mara in the 50s in a time when that wasn't entirely acceptable at all. And, uh, but it's just, it's supposed to be gorgeous, too. This, uh, I've just been hearing fantastic things about cinematography, story, Kate Blanchett is of course, going to get a nomination. I'm yeah. sure wow. she's fantastic. Yeah, she is. Uh, oh, uh, Eugene, anything to plug? Uh, just reiterating what Jess said. Uh, support Nightlight. Uh, give my show a listen to if you get a chance. Uh, Cinema Soft Underbelly. I'm going through the. Actually, I'm going through the top 100 that we talked about on this show, but in a very condensed version. Just briefly recapping. Uh, all that good stuff. My last episode, I uh, touched on uh, Star Wars, gave my non-spoilery review yeah, of you that. you told me it's a non-spoilery review, and then I went and listened to it, and in the first two minutes, you said, okay, here's my spoilery review, and I had to turn it off, because I was... <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I, I don't think it is. I mean, seriously, the whole show is me talking about my history with Star Wars, and then at the very end, I'm like, oh, and by the way, Force Awakens is really good. Bye! <laughs> I'm sorry. I, it, that's fine, and I'll totally listen to it, but it's like, anything that even hints at a spoiler, I'm out. I, until I understand. I see it, it, I'm the last person on Earth that's going to see it, and it's been two weeks. <laughs> yeah, no. it's it. There is no spoilers, to my knowledge, anymore. I don't think I... Okay, it's fine. I wasn't. I, yeah. I didn't listen to it because of the intro. Well, it's just funny when I was in. I'm like, oh wow! I uh, talked about the original trilogy the entire episode. <laughs> oh, and we could talked a little bit about we, the new. We one, could do I a guess, whole so. episode on Star Wars. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah. Maybe one. We could totally do a whole. Especially if we would do uh, an audio commentary on. Oh, jeez, like, that's a big one. That's a big dog. One of the prequels. Yeah. Like, oh, let's do an all of the prequels. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> just one and two. That's the only ones we're going to do. Yes. Okay, plugs for me. Uh, just our friends, Cinema Sidekicks. Go visit them on iTunes. Give them a score. Uh, so maybe they get more hits in, in the mix. Uh, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. As always, you can email us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. And please visit our Facebook page at facebook.com moviefreakspod. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, I'm Eric Warner. I'm Eugene Weaver. I'm Jessica. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening.